Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis. Go green with solar panels or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I see the fun. I see the fun. The Diary of Jack Kirkman I'm on the right track, baby. I was born to survive. I seem fun. Episode 205, I'm on the right track, baby, I was born to be brave. Woo! Why did it take me so long to appreciate Lady Gaga? Baby, I was born this way. Am I going to get sued? I'm on the right track, baby, I was born this way. Ooh, it been a bada boot, beep ba 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 beep ba baby, I was born this way. Um, episode 205, I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. This episode is brought to you by Talkspace, the online therapy company, therapy for how we live today. We'll get into that later. I just felt like singing my voice. I'm so happy. It's doing so well. Changing my life up, living, living in a way that's good for the voice. Not too extreme either way. Oh, can I, I? I have so much to talk about. Well, I'll give it to the Lady Gaga thing in a minute. And I know that everyone's like, oh my God, because I know that was the song that Madonna was like, you stole from me. And I don't really hear it. It actually sounds to me like Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls. Because she's like, my mama told me when I was young, we're all born superstars. And then it's just like, Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls. We stick to the rivers and the lakes that you used to. I always hated that lyric. What the fuck does that mean? I mean, I know what it means. It's just so funny. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Like, I get the metaphor. But you don't have to then go talk about another water situation. Please stick to the rivers and lakes you're used to. Well, you don't even have to be in any water. Just don't chase a waterfall. It's... it's, uh, can't happen. I always hated that lyric. I'm like, ah, you sound dumb. It's a dumb thing to say. The first part's good. Don't go chasing waterfalls. 
Uh, but I hear that song. I don't hear. I think when I, when the when the scandal first happened, I think you know they put probably on BuzzFeed or something like that. They put up the two parts of the songs that sound the same, and I think then I was like, oh yeah, I hear it. But now I don't hear it anymore. Well, that's a great story. I think we could end the podcast here. That was so mind blowing. How much more can you hear after that mind blowing story? That maybe years ago, I think I heard two clips side by side and I heard it, but I don't hear it now. Oh my God. I just repeated the story, blowing your mind twice. Um, I'm just, it's, it's coming out of me. I, I'm, I hate my orthodontist. I hate him. I hate him. And I hate, I hate his, the lady that helps him. I hate them. Hate them. Hate them. Hate ta. Hate. This is the dude I wrote about him in my book. By the way, by the book. I did the numbers sort of. With the amount of books I would have to sell to make a profit, which I still have not made a profit yet. I mean, they paid me my advance and that's great. So we're all, they're taking a bath. I'm not taking a bath, but them taking a bath is going to make it harder for me to write a third book. In fact, maybe even impossible. Although another book house might take me. Not that Simon & Schuster wouldn't. I actually would like to go somewhere else next time, um, which I don't even have a book in me for a long time. I have to sit and process and beep, 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 beep. Um, and I know you're like, Oh, but all these things could be a book. No, I know what could be a book. I just, you have to frame it around something. So anyway, la 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 la. Um, Ooh, there ain't no other way, baby. I was born this way. To be able to sing. I wish I could sing. I mean, I can like pretend sing like I just did, but like real sing like me at a piano, just like, I'm going to do an unplugged version of this. Everyone. Um, what was I saying? Uh, books. Oh, I did the numbers. So according to the tens of thousands of podcast listeners, I have <laughs> like 400 of you bought a book. I mean, that's fucking crazy. People just, they just won't click the button. They just won't click the Kindle purchase on Amazon. They just won't do it. They just won't buy the nine ninety nine paperback. They just won't do it. It's amazing to me. Even if you never read it, it's like people just don't financially support the artists they like. And it's, I mean, some people do, and those people more than make up, you know, the you people, there's some people just buy everything and they're fantastic. And then there's some people that just literally like will not put a dime to anything. And they're always the people that have suggestions. You should do this. You should come here. It's like, why don't I did a lot of shit. Why don't you buy it? Getting compliments online. I thought you were 30. That's not a fucking compliment. You thought I was 30. You're wiping away an extra 13 years of my career that I worked my fucking ass off on. You thought I was 30. How the fuck would I be 30? It means you haven't read my books. You haven't watched my specials. You don't listen to my podcast. Like, that's not a compliment. Is you showing... Ugh. Ugh. So, uh, my voice sounds like that. What's up, dude? 
So, I'm an orthodontist. This guy works Fridays only. That's not a normal person. And he acts like I'm the... We've had this problem. Again, I wrote about it in my book. Oh, that's how I got started on that tangent. So I, I do the Invisalign years ago. I think back in 2011. <clears throat> then after the year of Invisalign, you do retainers in your sleep. Okay, well, the top retainer was of the Invisalign type. It was, you know, that clear mold that goes all around your teeth. After wearing it a year, it's like, it just got disgusting. It was like, they were getting jagged. There was like holes in it. Um, and then the bottom one, I just got sick of wearing cause it wasn't a normal, it was like one of those, um, wire retainers and I got tired of wearing it. And so I stopped and then I traveled and I left them at home and I'm in New York a month. Your teeth move. I'm like, ah, I put them on one night. They didn't fit anymore. I'm like, eh. And now my bottom teeth is like a little bit crooked again. I'm like, these teeth, these teeth, these teeth, they have their own idea about life. They're like, we want to be over here. I'm like, but you can't be. You can't be over there because it doesn't look good. And dot, 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 if they move over, then it changes everything in your mouth. And then it just a whole domino effect. So I have had braces as a kid. Then I had a night guard. Then I had Invisalign. Then I had retainers. And now I need another retainer. I'm 43 people. I'm wearing a retainer and acne cream. It never ends. It never ends. So, so, so it's, yeah, it's been like six months since I've had a retainer. So I go to my dentist appointment. I'm like, and the orthodontist is in kind of the same office, but across the hall, but it's all part of the same, whatever. I'm like, the orthodontist happened to be in the office. He's like, Hey, Jennifer, I haven't seen you in a while. He's like, are you still working in TV or did that not happen anymore? Did that not happen anymore? It's like, Hey bitch, once you're in TV for a while, you kind of just keep working in it. Like you're not famous, but you'll always have work. Cause you've, I have a great reputation as a writer. Like, hi, the creator of Gilmore Girls was like, Hey, want to write for us? Like Skype interview, you're hired. You know what I mean? I'm not some schlub over here. You know, I've written on many sitcoms, Chelsea Lately. I've sold my own scripts. Like people, I'm in, I'm in fucking TV. And then I appear as a comic on all, whatever show you have, Chris Hardwick's at midnight, was not on anymore, but whatever show you have where I'm promoting myself, I'll go on it. Wendy Williams, Harry Connick Jr., Conan, uh, what's his face over there? Colbert, Jay Leno. I'm going on. I'm on TV. Not a lot right now, but I'm on TV. I am a person. Okay. You still doing that? It's like, yeah, dude, we had, I said, we actually had this conversation last time I was in, I was like in 2014, I just, I was just like, I'm going to fucking, I'm so tired of, because people are getting it wrong and assuming that you're like shitty in your career that like, fuck you. I'm going to, you ask me a dumb question. I'll give you the resume. I'm, I'm I, I, swinging my dick in 2017, reclaiming my time. Do you understand? Writing a book called what's happened. Here's what happened. Motherfuckers. Boom. 
bestseller before it comes out. You want to know what happened? Here. I will take some responsibility and I'll also explain things to you. And I will go through my resume. Thank you. Thank you. I said, actually, we've had this conversation a lot. I go, so in 2014, I stopped working at Chelsea lately. It had been on seven years, really successful, but she ended the show, and uh, which was great timing for me because I was ready to go on a world tour, a world tour, like Madonna, the Rolling Stones. Here she is. She's in Ireland, Sweden, London, Manchester, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, Toronto, Vancouver, Halifax, Montreal. Where else did I go? Lund, Sweden. Did I say that? Yeah. I went on a world tour, you bitch. And then about 36 states or something. I'm sorry. Does anyone want to see you? You can't even... Who's asking for you? Me. I am actually. And you're not even here on the day I need you. Who's... I said, so, so I do still work in TV. I'm just wrote on an Amazon series. Um, if you count executive producing and starring in two Netflix specials, I've done that since, um, 2014. So yeah, I would say actually I'm working more in TV than the, than the last time when I just had one job and our producers sucked at their job and they didn't understand show business and they never let us leave for auditions or anything like, yeah, still working in TV. He goes, okay. So how's that going? I go, well, I don't know. It's going, it's like any job. It's going well because I work and then I get paid. And then sometimes the work ends because the jobs aren't lifelong. And then I work again. Like it's, it's go just assume from now on, unless I do something outrageous, like you find it on the next Harvey Weinstein. I've been groping everybody. Just assume it's still continuing in some capacity, whether small or big show business is my business. To the point where it scares the fuck out of me because, of course, at any minute, it could all go away. And I don't even have, it's not like I'm in my mansion making movies going, oh, I hope this doesn't go away. Like, if anything of mine goes away, it's not good. You know what I'm saying? I'm what I call... um, bottom of the rung rich person's hand to mouth. Like I've got a great savings. I've got a 401k. I cannot start dipping into those things because it's too dangerous. So beyond that, I call it like hand to mouth. That makes sense. I make, I don't have to dip. But, uh, so what I'm saying is I hate the way he talks to me. Hate it. He doesn't even know he's being offensive, but it doesn't matter. See, whether you know you're being offensive or you don't, the result is the same. You've offended me. See what I'm saying? People always have to weigh in. It's a no other job. How's work, Bill? Great. The bank is great. No one else questions if you're still in your industry anymore. The way they feel so comfortable doing it about show business. Everyone has a fucking opinion. And then all these people, oh, Hollywood's evil, Harvey Weinstein and everyone who works for him and everyone who doesn't speak out and blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck him. Fuck all the predators. Fuck the system. But what I'm saying is a lot of that goes on a lot enough that we've got to fix it. There's also really good people in this business like anything else. There's all this Hollywood backlash now. Oh. You don't watch movies then. 
Go enter, go stare at a wall. You want entertainment. Don't turn on all of Hollywood. There's some people here who haven't had a chance to make it yet because of fucking pigs like him being in charge. Does that make sense? Support real artists who aren't predatoring everybody or covering up for said predator. You hear me? Don't turn on Hollywood. Turn on the people that are doing the bad shit. And even if there are 146 of them, if that seems like a lot to you, still do not blame Hollywood. Blame those 146 people. Anyway, I'm going on a tangent. I didn't even know I had it in me. So he's, he's doing that bullshit. So then he takes the impressions in my thing. And he goes, these will be ready in two weeks. I said, will I begin my tour in two weeks? He goes, oh, you're still doing that? I go, yeah, that's my living in addition to TV. Still doing that. What, what is his obsession? I wrote about it in my book. He wanted me to quit touring or told me I would change my mind about it. Well, trust me, I've changed my mind about it in a lot of ways because I'm tired. But it's still my favorite thing to do, even if I find it increasingly more difficult. <laughs> um, I kind of can't change my mind about it either because when I'm not working in TV, this is my income and uh, whatever. So he goes, uh, well, I'm not it. So then I'm go- I goes, just talk to my secretary. I'm like, great. So I go to the receptionist. I'm dealing with her. I'm like, well, I'm in October, you know, this and that. And she goes, oh, he's away those two Fridays. I go, uh-huh. So what he's going to do is she goes, so it's going to be a month. I go, so I'm going to pick up my new retainer in a month. You don't think my teeth will move from the impression we just made? She's like, it should be fine, but it's cutting it close. I go, you understand that this is not my fault, right? You have an orthodontist that works one day a week. And then for two weeks in a row, he's not going to be in that one day. And I travel two Fridays a month and he's acting like my life is out of control. She's like, I know. So I go in and see him. And he's not there this Friday. He's not there. So they have the, the hygienist or the, you know, second in command. She's fitting it onto my teeth. She goes, you're still doing traveling? I go, yeah. I go, well, it's my job. No, that's why I said, well, it's a job. So I don't know. Would you ask anyone else if they still have a job? She goes, oh, well, I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know. I go, yeah, it's my job. I'm always traveling. So you know, home a week, gone, gone a few days, home a week. It's, it's like anything else. Except I don't drive to a desk. I fly to a stage. It's, it's really the same. It's still about 40 hours a week when you put it all together. And uh, would everyone just stop commenting on my fucking life? You know, I moved to Hollywood to be with the weirdos. Not the sexual predators, but the weirdos, the artists, artists. I see so few of them around. You still have to deal with dentists and hygienists and people who go, you still touring, still doing that as though I was still, you know, uh, playing, uh, online poker. Are you still in the, into that hobby? Can't people and people, they're just trying to be nice. They're just asking questions. Well, why do the questions have to be so antagonistic? Can't they say, how's touring going? Don't you see the difference? Or, Hey, what was the last city you're in? What, tell me about it. Or where are you off to next? See, these are nice questions that show you care what I do and, and not leading me into your opinion of what I should be doing. Does that make sense? There's all kinds of ways to ask a question. I really shouldn't have to leave my house ever. I really 
wish I had a bunch of people that could speak for me and they could just be like, what the fuck did you just ask her? And be like, well, no, I was just wondering why the fuck wouldn't she work in TV? Why did you hear anything? Is there something, uh, you know, that we don't is, should we check the, uh, should we call her agent? Did she just get fired from TV? Oh, I'm sorry. You're a dumb fuck that doesn't know how it works. Yeah. It's a freelance lifestyle. Yeah. There's like 2% of the people that like get their own show and work forever, but not everyone can be Julie Louis-Dreyfus or Seinfeld. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you so silly that you thought that that was true? Oh, honey. Oh, you don't know anything about show business. Oh, but you're like four miles away from it. Oh, like I wish people could just talk like that for me. You have the condescending one that just does that. And then the going to rough you up guy. What, what the fuck did you just ask her? Oh my God. I would be so happy. And then I'd sit in the chair and be like, I'm so sorry. They're like so rude, but you know, I have to have my handlers. <laughs> oh God. I didn't mean to be angry. I'm actually quite happy, but anyway, I'm wearing a retainer. Not right now. Of course. Um, I debuted some of it in my Instagram stories. You guys were like, yeah, I need you to do Instagram stories when you're not on the road. So I'm in my own passive aggressive way. I'm doing Instagram stories from my home as I do my tour prep. So I'm just, and it's actually working. I mean, this is how hard it is to, nobody will join my email list. Like that's just that, you know, I have maybe, I have almost 10,000 subscribers to it, but there's more than 10,000 people in America that know about me. So, uh, people just won't join. Like the numbers have been at that level for a while. It's jenkirkman.com, click about, and you just get a quick personal email from me every Friday and it just shows you what tickets are on sale. There's always something new added, so you want to take a close look. And, uh, you know, the hot links are there. It just makes it very easy for you. And uh, people are still tweeting me like, do you ever come to St. Louis? Yes, I do. You could even Google Jen Kirkman St. Louis. I bet old times I've been there has come up. Or you should go to St. Louis. I know it's not a Mecca of comedy. It's like, well, we don't perform in Meccas of comedy because that's actually the worst places to perform. We go where there isn't. Like, we, we just go where we have fans. We just, like, please, for fuck's sake, stop emailing comics and telling them where to go. Like, do you not understand? Like, it bums us out. Like, if, if like, we're trying to sell a show and we're like, all right, guys, I really need you to come to Philadelphia. And someone's like, come here. It's like, please just stop invalidating when I'm asking. Like, it's not... Please stop, you know? And then people always misinterpret it and think that you're saying you don't have a fan base there. And what you're saying is I do, but for some reason people are not hearing about it. I'm anyway. So I've been going hard, like to the point where I'm like, how is this not annoying people? I'm sure it is. <clears throat> I'm going hard on Instagram, like Houston, Dallas, Austin, Houston, Dallas, Austin, like every Instagram post. I'm doing Instagram stories, like and People are still like, oh my God, thank you for doing this. I just found out you're in Austin. I'm like, tickets have been on sale since January. Like, join the fucking email list. I don't know what else to tell you. It's the only way you'll know. So the thing is, because people won't join my email blast, my shows don't sell out when they go on sale. If they did, I would command bigger venues. And I would command adding second shows. And then the buzz about you gets bigger. But because people just won't do these fucking simple things, the person whose comedy they love, you're costing me like major career stuff on the road. Like, and I mean me and any other comic, you know, it's like, it's not that fucking hard to support someone you like, but please support them in the way they ask you to support them. Don't be able to buy you a drink when you're in town. We don't want a drink. Just join our email list and come to the fucking show. That's it. It's so easy. 
but you guys make it hard. And someone's like, I don't use email. I'm like, someone actually suggested I do door-to-door mailers. I'm like, I'm going to blow my own ass. And I don't even know if I have the flexibility to do it, but I'm going to do it. If I have to get a straw, tie three straws together, I'm going to blow air up my own ass. Oh my God. I shouldn't be coughing from laughing. Who is this? Oh my God. I just got like a five page email from (sighs) freaks are coming out of the woodwork people out of the woodwork. Um, okay. Let's not be, let's not be negative. Let's be positive. So guys, Phoenix, by the time I get to Phoenix, remember I saying that for you once she'll be rising. I am in the first, well, first of all, this podcast is a part of the all things comedy network, which is amazing. A collective of comedians started by Bill Burr and Al Madrigal run this company and I don't have to do shit. I just have this amazing resource in all things comedy. So it's allthingscomedy.com. There's a million amazing podcasts on there. Check it out. I'm sure you'll love them. Uh, there is a comedy festival in Phoenix. At, it's a really big club called Stand Up Live. And Bill put it together. And so it's there's going to be a big stand-up show. It's August, August. It's August. Just get in a time machine. It's October 27th, Friday night. There's a big stand-up show late. And like everyone does 10 minutes. But there's a lot of podcast tapings that day too. So at 7.15 PM, I love an early podcast taping. You can't even believe it. Uh, 7.15 PM at Stand Up Live on Friday, October 27th. I'm taping a live I Seem Fun podcast. The tickets are on sale right now. I beg you, my begging beauties, please go buy tickets because if you go, I'll just get them at the door. We don't know that. And so my next two weeks will be a hell with the festival contacting me. Nobody's buying tickets. Nobody's buying tickets. And I have to work so fucking hard. Meanwhile, all you all that are coming know that you're coming, but you're not telling me. Does that make sense? And so I lose my mind. So just make it easy on me. For the love of Christ, I'm so busy. (laughs) So it's going to be really fun. I do a live podcast, which obviously if you're listening, you know what that is. And um, I'm not going to be in the Arizona area. Um in 2018. And if I do any Arizona on my tour, it's not going to be to look well into 2018. So, um, I would, if I were y'alls, uh, tell a friend and just say, if you like her stand up, but you don't know her podcast, you'll still love it. Cause it's an hour of her trying to be funny off the top of her head. And in the live shows, I try to be funny, not just like at home complaining. I wouldn't go into a rant about join my email list live on stage unless I could somehow make it really funny. Um, and then after the show, I'll be selling merchandise. Just me. You can come say hi. Give me a hug. I'll sign. I'm going to sell some books. I'm going to sell some bumper stickers that say I'm just a soul trapped in a body. I don't want to bring too many big things. I don't th- think I'm going to bring posters. I might. I might just have a few little things here and there. But um, yeah, I'll sign your book. We'll say hi. It'll be great. So that's on jenkirkman.com. Click tour dates. You can also know more about it by going to um, phoenix.standuplive.com and you can look up this event. But um, yeah, it's going to be great. 
All Things Comedy presents. All righty. So uh, if you like this podcast, go to iTunes and give it a review. Give it five stars and subscribe. Even if you don't listen to podcasts that way, just subscribe. I want to get back in the top 100. It's really bad that I'm not. Um, Tour dates. Still more to come. Again, Houston, Dallas, Austin, Nashville, Asheville, Durham, Atlanta, Cincinnati, Columbus, and Cleveland. Cleveland needs a big push, and so does um, Cincinnati. Cincinnati and playing like a 500-seat theater. I'm not sure why I went that big. I think because I've never played there before. Maybe I have. I can't remember. But uh, I would buy those tickets soon, like now. Like put down the thing you're doing and go buy them. Put down the dishes. Stop doing the dishes. Um, But Houston, yeah. So Friday night, going to be super fun, October 20th. Again, a third of the proceeds from tickets go to Hurricane Harvey Relief. And then I'm doing these raffles. So I'm raffling off. So I went and bought some of my own necklaces on Bobble Bar. And I made ones that say, like, I love me and over 40 and feminist as fuck. Um, I went and ordered them and had them made just like you would. Because a lot of people are confused about my necklace line. They're like, will you be selling them anywhere else after the the line with Bobble Bar is over? It's like, no, they own the rights to it. I can't. And it's not like we made necklaces and we're waiting for you to buy them. They're custom made. So you go and you pick, oh, I want 16-inch chain. I want an 18-inch. And then you pick, I want silver. I want gold. Then there's 30 colors of acrylic to choose from and then 14 words to choose from. So you make your own, customize it to yourself. That's half the fun. So I wouldn't be able to make, and then there's like 14 different words you can get. So I can't make 14 different words in 20 different colors and just have those waiting around. Like that would have costed us a lot of money. So you just order. And when, when the deal is over December 31st, it's over. So I really encourage you guys to get your necklaces. They say fun things like child free, 20, nothing, 30 ish cat lady, single taken, unavailable. When this is boss feminist AF, child-free, over 40, cat lady, um, one that just says, I can't, one that says, I love me, one that says laundry day, which is supposed to be like what you wear if you have a shitty outfit on. They're cute. I think you'll love them. They're great gifts. So if you just go to the homepage of my website, that's where everything is. You can just click right into it and start shopping. But if you forget, it's B-A-U-B-L-E bar.com. And, uh, just tag me when you get your picture and take a picture of either the necklace that you made or you wearing it. I don't care which one you do. Just please tag me on Instagram um, or Twitter. It's hard for me to find them on Facebook. So those two are the best way to do it. Um, or if you listen to this podcast and you're not on Twitter or Instagram at I seem fun, I mean, at I seem fun at gmail.com. You can email it to me there. So that would be great. And, um, Yep. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter. It's at Jen Kirkman. The Facebook fan page for the show is facebook.com slash I seem fun podcast, all one word. Um, and I think that's all I have to say about all of that. So, oh my God, somebody suggested to me that it would be great if people went out on Halloween as Dr. Barbara Persons. (laughs) I don't even know how you would do that. You'd have to I think that's what's so beautiful about Dr. Barbara Persons is she's special to all of us and she's not yet been defined. I mean, I know somebody looked it up and they're really, she is a real person. Like the story started from an article that was written about a plane that people were dropping like flies fainting because of this weird chemical smell 
and she was helping patients and talking with the pilot about like, we have to land. And it was a great article. And I read it and then I just invented this character for the show by that same name, Dr. Barbara Persons, who's also a lawyer. And uh, I have to do a new episode soon, I promise. And then, um, so people love hearing about her because it's the most ridiculous thing I do on this podcast. And, but she's, even though she's technically a real person, so someone found her practice and they emailed it to me. And I, she's in the plastic surgery arts. Um, I think everything from, you know, your own vanity, which is not saying there's anything wrong with that, to reconstructing after an incident. But, um, but she's basically whatever you want her to be. You know, she's your interpretation of an amazing doctor who's also a lawyer who has an ex-boyfriend who stole Valium from the pharmacy. And I think he's in jail now. She never had kids. She does regret it. She doesn't regret it. There's a lot going on. She works so much. She stands up eating lunch. Dr. Barbara Persons is, she's an every woman, but she's, she's not an every woman because you think she's a super woman. But. Anyway, so someone was like, people should dress up as Dr. Barbara Persons for Halloween. I'm like, well, that's hilarious. If, if that thrills you, here's what I would love. <laughs> dress up like her for Halloween. However you envision who she is. There's no right. There's no wrong. And I would be, men and women do this. I would be delighted to see what you come up with. So if you can handle going to a Halloween party, or even if you're just staying at home, passing out candy to kids and you want to dress like Dr. Barbara and you don't mind people asking you, what are you? And they have to explain, well, there's this podcast. They'll just walk away in five seconds. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> but take a picture of yourself, obviously, and, uh, tweet it at Jen Kirkman or tweet me at I seem fun podcast on Twitter. And, uh, or obviously you can always email it. But um, yeah, let me know or tweet at me at I Seem Fun Podcast and follow the I Seem Fun Podcast account. There's way more listeners than there are followers on that account. And tell me if you're even going to consider going as Dr. Barbara Persons for Halloween. I think that would be, <laughs> I would be so into it. I would be so into it. Oh my God, I have a doctor story for you. I can't even believe it. Oh, I can't even believe it. Ugh, I guess the Texas State Fair is this weekend. And I'm like, is that why my ticket sales are a little slumpy to dumpy? Although once I started harassing people, they started moving up. So I think we're going to end up having good crowds. It's just that Houston holds 500 people. Dallas holds 500 people. So it's larger than I normally play, but only by a couple hundred. Like at this point, I normally would have sold about 280 and I'm way under that. So I'm like, oh, weird. You know what I'm saying? So by the time you hear this, just get those damn tickets and they're more expensive at the door. So, I mean, save yourself a buck or two, you know? And, uh, yeah. Oh, so the raffles at the Houston show, I'll be raffling off a few necklaces. They're worth about $44, $48, but the raffle to end the, the entry point to enter the raffle is only five bucks. Then I'm auctioning off both my books, um, in hardcover and in paperback for both of them signed. And that's going to be just $5. So that's a, you know, $40, worth about 40 bucks. Um, and then doing a Jen Kirkman merch raffle. So you get like a tote bag that says, I'm just a soul trapped in a body. You get a poster that says, I meditated today, motherfucker. You get the bumper sticker that says, I'm just a soul trapped in a body. And people have been putting that on their laptops, which I love. So if you come to my shows, it's just five bucks, get one. And I have little pins that say child free by choice. So that's going to be one package and that for five bucks you can enter. So I figured if everyone at the show has 15 bucks, you can enter to win three raffles. And if 500 times 15 
doing the math, copying Howard Stern, uh, is $7,500. So that's fu- like, that would be so awesome. Plus a third of the ticket sales. So there's a chance we could raise 10 grand on Friday night. And I'm just really passionate about doing that. So just think about coming and bring your 15 bucks with you, or you can put, you can charge it to a credit card too. So I'm actually going to be at the merch table before the show selling raffle tickets. So, which is something I don't normally do. Um, I unfortunately won't be able to stop and talk to you. Like we got to keep it moving, but I'll be there and you can, you know, I can't do like selfies with you, but you can take my picture while you're doing it or whatever. But like, I just want to, I just got to keep the line moving and then get backstage and stuff. But, um, yeah, it's going to be super fun. So there's that. And then Dallas, the jazz musician, Damon K. Clark is opening for me. He's fantastic. I'm like, can't even believe he would open for me. He has his own audience, sell out crowds at that theater. He's probably gonna be like, what the fuck is this? And then back at the North door in Austin on the 20s, on the 22nd, um, that show does not come with a meet and greet, but I'm going to pop up at the merch table after the show and before. So, you know, if that thrills you and makes you buy a ticket, fucking get a ticket. Um, it's where I taped my comedy special. Uh, I'm going to die alone and I feel fine. And uh, it's one of my favorite places in the country to perform. There's such good people there. And I will be uh, coming back. I think it's my fifth, fifth, fifth time. So that's this weekend. So those are your announcements. I know there's like, it's like announcement city. Don't worry. We're going to get into the fun part of the podcast, get into the stories. I just need to tell you about Talkspace and man, I am kicking ass in therapy lately. I just wanted to tell you guys, it's like epiphany after epiphany here. You know, you have those friends that are like, I just, you know, I'd prefer to do it myself. It's like, what do you think a therapist comes home with you and like gets out some pliers and starts rewiring your brain? Like you are doing it yourself. You're asking, can you please, you know, I think people think therapy is like you chat and then they give you advice and it's more like someone lets you just go, just that you wind up and you go and they observe you and they observe kind of your thought worms and your thought process and they hear how you acted and reacted to things in life and they're taking it in and they're diagnosing it in a way they're, I mean, we're not all that unique. So the way we behave kind of fits into certain things and, oh, this starts to map out and, oh, well, maybe your father was this and, oh, you sound like maybe a little bit, like you got a little OCD and a little, you know, this and, and, and it's sort of like they, they start to put together a thing in their head, a profile, you know, and, and, they might offer some suggestions about what you might want to read about or what you might want to, whatever. It's not like, what should I do? And they're like, I think you go in there and you get that promotion. You know, it's not practical advice. I mean, it is sometimes, but I think you have to be in with your therapist a long time for that to start to develop that kind of relationship. And um, I don't mean they're staring at you, analyzing you like you're some freak. I just mean it's, you are doing it on your own because you're, you're revealing yourself and you're asking, could you please just take the soul that I've bared in front of you and put a kind of diagnosis on it or tell me the ways in which I'm acting. Like even if you're not OCD, you might have some tendencies or you might be behaving in a certain way. It's like, oh, oh, you're acting out of fear. Oh, you're this. And then they tell you when it's appropriate to tell you. And you kind of, it's like, of course you do it on your own. Even if they give you a homework assignment, hey, you know, go home and talk to your husband about this. It's like, 
you're doing it on your own. No one is doing it for you. It's the dumbest thing I ever heard. I'd rather do it on my own. But that's not what therapy is. You can't do it on your own. So what you're saying is you'd rather just not go to therapy and stay the same. That's what you're saying. You can't do therapy on your own. But I know it can be hard to get to a therapist. Not everyone lives in LA, the land of therapy, where you're, you're you know, well, not my dentist, but your dentist is like, I'm also a therapist. Like everyone's a therapist out here. And some people need, I, listen, you know, I love the internet. And that's why I think it's a genius idea. And I asked them if they would please sponsor the show and they keep coming back. Talkspace.com, the online therapy company that lets you choose from over 1,500 licensed therapists. Isn't it good to know there's that many therapists around? Get matched with your perfect therapist who can put you on the path to a happier life. Now, I'm giving you guys a special offer. Go to Talkspace.com slash Jen, J-E-N. Okay? And that will give you $30 off of your first month. So, Talkspace specifically asked if I could stop and drink water in the middle of the ad. They're like, we love that. So for as little as $32 a week, you get an experienced licensed therapist. Again, it's someone that you relate to and feel comfortable with. They're not going to force anyone on you. Every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. Now that's important because that's what, if you just went to a therapist's office, that's the same requirements they would have. So it's exactly the same, except it's the convenience of being able to text, audio, video message, or even do a live video chat with your therapist at your convenience and with full privacy. You're not leaving lunch, like going to there, leaving work at lunch, going to therapy. So again, the therapists are fully licensed. They go through a rigorous screening process. So again, match with your perfect therapist. Go to Talkspace.com slash Jen. Again, the special oftener, oftener, why do I say that all the goddamn time? For our listeners, coupon code Jen to get $30 off of your first month and to show your support for this podcast. Talkspace.com slash Jen, therapy for how we live today. Ooh, I thought there was an earthquake. It's a, it's a helicopter. I thought it was one of those sky earthquakes. Anyway, God, have I just been such a biatch. Mm. So I have something here that I want to talk about that I think a small percentage of you will relate to because you've actually been to this establishment. So you re- you might relate in the literal way, but then the others of you, like... <laughs> of you will be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know this place. But I think you, I have this weird feeling that when I talk about this thing, that it's going to be like the hit of the episode and that it's going to be requested for best ofs. I mean, I'm not, I don't mean to go crazy here, but sometimes when I'm like, should I talk about this? It ends up being something that everybody loves and relates to. Um, I want to talk in detail. Like I, I would love to, I am obsessed with this place, the dry bar, which is where you go to get your hair washed and blown out, which is fellas and ladies who don't know what that means. Get your hair styled, uh, professionally hair dried. And then they might use curling tools or straightening tools. And you know, it's something you go before a special occasion. Maybe you're going to a wedding. Maybe you, you know, go not to a fancy dinner. It's your birthday. And then some people do it once a week just to like, you know, they don't wash their hair for five days and it's just always in the style they want. Um, 
you know, something like that. Or, you know, I go a lot. I go sometimes before shows. I might go, um, like if I have, you know, like when I pitched my show that sold to ABC, thank you for all of your support. I want to talk about that too. Um, is, uh, what was I saying? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, like before a meeting like that, where I'm like, Hey, I'm pitching a show. And also I would like to star in it. Like you want to look, look your best. But anyway, I see that I'm not going to have time for that. So I'm going to do that next week. (laughs) What, What a thrill. Oh my God. Can you stand the suspense? So I wanted to talk about, um, I loved the Lady Gaga documentary on Netflix called five foot two. The first like 15 minutes, I knew I was not going to turn it off. I knew I loved it. I knew I loved watching it. Did I love her right away? I was like, mm, she seems kind of annoying. And you know what? She might be because she's young. She's 30. And that to me now is like super young. I'm like, ugh. I want to hear your philosophies. You know, it's just annoying because you're like, oh, I thought that too. Or like, I know you didn't make that up. I know. It's like so shitty. How It's getting older is so shitty because you... Unless you're talking about anything, unless you're talking to someone 10 or more years younger than you about something you both have in common, like, I love this TV show. You really don't care what they think with their philosophies on life. It's not that you think they're stupid. It's like, oh, I know I already went through that though. So it's like, you're not that interested. And then the person who's just going through it, like they don't really care that you went through it because they feel so unique in it that it's like, yeah, yeah, but not like I'm going through it. Hang on. That's the dryer. I'm, I get so many compliments on the dryer. Okay. Um, so I loved the documentary. Just, yeah, first 15 minutes, I was like, you're kind of annoying. Because she was talking about, she was talking to her producer about Madonna. And she was saying that she didn't appreciate Madonna talking about her in the press instead of coming to her and talking to her to her face, which I was kind of like, well, you think Madonna's going to talk to you to your face about how she thinks you ripped her off? Like she's going to, if I really thought someone was ripping me off, of course you tell the press you want to build a case of court of public opinion against them. I mean, I'm not saying it's good or like the best way to handle life, but if someone really stole from you, then F them. They're not a great person either, you know? So why do you have to be all amazing about it? So I'm just like in the world where we're being petty here, rest in peace, Tom Petty. Um, then yeah, why would you go to some, why would you give someone who you feel didn't give you any respect by ripping you off the dignity of talking to them to their face? Like, so instead I think Madonna sued her, (laughs) you know, like, and Lady Gaga's like, you know, I'm an Italian girl from New York. I, I got a problem with you. I tell you to your face. It's like, really? Every time? So Madonna's, Madonna, Madonna, Madonna is so great. <laughs> Madonna's an Italian girl from Detroit. Like, she'll tell you to your face too, but she probably thought she could actually, might be more advantageous to win a court case by telling a lawyer to his face or her face and suing you. Just saying. It's not like they had a private disagreement and Madonna went to the press about it. You know, that would be different. They went out to dinner and Lady Gaga said something that offended Madonna. And instead of telling her, Madonna went, dear New York Post, please publish this complaint. So anyway, I was just like, uh, I could tell like that one's for the camera. And I just was annoying. 
The other thing that was stressing me out about the documentary is she's smoking. I'm like, girl, stop smoking. And she's smoking these brown cigarettes. I'm like, is that like a tipperillo, like the cigar cigarettes my dad used to smoke? Lady, what are you? You have a beautiful voice that you have to protect. I mean, I don't even sing. You know, I just talk for an hour on stage. And I can even like, I could even talk like this if I felt like it. But she is like belting out singing for way more than an hour. Um, probably way more tour dates than I have per year. And you're smoking? Like, girl. But that's how you know when someone has like a truly amazing kind of gift from above or below. Wherever. The universe is, the universe is endless. So it's not above or below. It's just, just a gift, you know? You're meant to sing. Sometimes smoking doesn't affect the voice the way it would say JK. Um, I don't know, but I think it's always best to err on the side of caution because that's her livelihood and she's young. She probably thinks, oh, I'll quit. And she probably will. Hey, I'm a girl from Boston. I tell it like it is. I say it to her face. Hey, Lady Gaga, you shouldn't smoke. You don't need that shit. I'm actually not Italian, in case anyone cared. I am German, Polish, French, Canadian, and what we think is English. Kirk Mann, Craig Ferguson, good friend, dropping names. No, he's not a good friend. He's a comedy acquaintance. He's a lovely man. I did his um, serious radio show back in July. He was saying that's a famous Scottish name. It means churchman, person who watches over the church. Uh, and I knew that, but my family claims we are English, not Scottish. I don't know of any Scots. Uh, there's a Kirkman in England as well. So I don't know. It's one of those two places. What I am not at all is Irish. And for some reason I get offended when people think I'm Irish and I'm sorry to you Irish people. If you think I sound racist or whatever the word would be, I, I have a little bit of a hang up. I don't want to be Irish and I'm glad I'm not. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just, um, I think it's just that kind of, it's just cause I'm from Boston and there's just that kind of, you know, there's just a little snobbery. Um, and it wasn't even a working, it wasn't even like a rich people versus poor people things. We weren't rich, but like, you're just like, Oh, do you want to be one of those fucking like Southie assholes? Who's, you know, like Irish and angry and, alcoholic and just like fighting on the playground. Like, I don't want to be that <laughs> like British people are any better. Come on, everybody. Um, <laughs> or German. I'm just skipping over that. I don't think I was a Hitler German. Maybe I was my grandma, my Nana, Jeanette, my mom's mom is French Canadian. And she married a German, Freddie. I never met Freddie. He died before I was born. And she would say to me, Freddie's German. Freddie was German. He was just like it. <laughs> She'd go. When my dad's met at my mom, he's like, all right, Joanne, German. Oh, the German's coming out. Hitler, Hitler. Calls her Hitler. Or used to. I don't know. Parents, they get conservative as you get 
as they get older, I'm worried my dad would be like, Hitler had some good ideas. I'm just, uh, I'm bracing myself for that day. But, um, so my Nana would go, your, your grandfather was German. I'm so sorry that I, she's like, I was married to a German, but I don't have any German in my blood. She's like, you have German in your blood. I'm so sorry. She hated the Germans. (laughs) Um, I think probably because she wasn't always happy with her husband, but I also think she uh, wasn't into Nazis. Go figure. Um, So, yeah, she was always just like, ugh. Now, I'm hoping the German side of my family was not Nazi sympathizers or in the Third Reich, but we, or the Polish people. I don't know. I hope not. Now, my, my dad's side of the family, his, his, nana, his nana, his mom, my other nana, everyone, all, both my parents don't have parents anymore. Nana Kirkman, she's Polish. Her original maiden name was like, I could ask my dad again. It's like Brabushka, you know. Um, and uh, my dad used to tell this story. The, the Kirkman family... Both sides of it, both sides of me, from my mom's side to my dad's side. It's like, there's always going to be some story, a little drama that's not quite perhaps true. And I feel like my dad, my, your great grandmother was a nurse in the war and she and a soldier did something. He always tried to hint that either when we came to America, we pretended we were Catholic or we did it there, but we're actually Jewish. I don't know where that comes from or why that would be the desire. I mean, it would make sense to me that I'm Jewish, but if we're just stereotyping here, but um, I don't know. Who fucking knows, right? 23 and me. Those things freak me out. That freaks me out more. Everyone's like, I'm not... Of course, Facebook was selling our info. You know, you give your name and number and your interests. It's like, well, yeah, that's why I, I don't fill out the what my interests are. Facebook doesn't know anything about me um, except for, you know, my phone number and email address. Whatever else shit I gave them. But I don't give them any extra. I don't voluntarily... Like, I give what I have to give to join, which is already too much, Right. But I'm not going to be like, my favorite movies. So I don't do any of that. They basically just invented a way to track us all. So 23andMe, I'm going to give him my DNA. I don't know. It seems a little weird, doesn't it? Hey, guys. Let me just quick put my DNA in the mail. I'm sure nothing bad will come out of that at some point. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the imagination to tell you what would happen. I just know that's the beginning of a sci-fi movie. The ads are so ridiculous. I, I realized, I think there's one, I always hear it in the background and then I run to the TV and I'm like, damn, I missed it. And I, I guess I could rewind on my cable remote, but this guy's like, I always loved wearing kilts. I mean, it's not that literal, but he's like, I, now I wear a kilt because I'm 1% Scottish. I'm like, you know, not even Scottish people are necessarily wearing a kilt unless they're, all right. Do you do you, dude? You might also just want to 
cross dress if you feel like it. You don't even have to call it. I'm Scottish and wearing a kilt. You just full on wear a dress if you want. Whatever. I'm not telling you how to live. Man in the ad is probably fake. So, so yeah, there's that. Um, oh my God. I'm not even getting into the thing I'm talking about. So I really liked the documentary and I would love to, oh God, I wish I'd had Dr. Drew on after I watched the documentary because I want to analyze her with him. Like, well, I don't want to spoil the documentary for you. I mean, it's not like there's any spoilers, but she's really close to her family. And there's this really sad scene where her song, Joanne, and I think it's an album too, is about um, her grandmother's daughter. So it would have been, I guess, one of her aunts who died young and, you know, they found her diaries and she wanted to be a star and she had a lot of, you know, dreams and she was artistic and she died very young. And so Lady Gaga wrote a song about her and Lady Gaga is like, Nana, I'm going to play it for you or grandma or whatever she says. How do you, this is, oh my God, a new addition to I Seem Fun, the garbage disposal. How's that? I'm putting a lemon in there and I probably shouldn't have. I think it might be too much for the garbage disposal. Ooh, but it smells good. Woo! I should have cut it up more. It's like kind of a big slice. Oh my God, it smells so good though. I have those other things, those plink things you put them in, but you have to put it in with hot water and this is a real lemon. Is that enough? I never know how much is enough. Ooh, whoopsies. That sounds a little, that sounds a little rough. There we go. Okay. Um, the hell was I saying? Oh, so she's, Nana, I wrote this song about your daughter or your sister. Nana's sister or daughter? Wait, Nana's daughter. It would be her, whatever, who cares? So, playing it for a grandmother and it's like Joanne where are you I love you girl or whatever the song is. it's not the song the song's actually very beautiful and she's sitting there holding her iPhone up to her grandmother's ear and her grandmother's taking it in like there's maybe a moment where you're like oh the grandmother's like crying but she no tears are coming out of her eyes but you see her mouth and you're like but the lyrics aren't like very explicitly about this woman. It's just very vague. Like could, it literally, like if I didn't know the story, I'd be like, is this about like a romantic relationship? Like, <clears throat> you know what I mean? You just don't really know what's happening. It's like you went away, you're gone. Where are you? Are you okay? You know, that kind of thing. I feel like if the song was, I feel like if it was a poem or like a letter or story she wrote about Joanne, you might get more tears out of grandma. But, uh, so she's sitting there and Lady Gaga's crying and I know she means it. She's not like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. How great am I? And then the Nana's kind of there like, well, that's beautiful, dear. (laughs) As if she'd just drawn her grandmother a shitty picture, like, you know, of a rainbow with all the wrong colors. Oh, that's nice, honey. You know, and she's like, but do you love it? She's like, yeah. I mean, I thought the grandmother was a little underwhelmed only in the sense that she's like, I think Lady Gaga is so torn up about it. She's so sensitive with her family. She's so 
trying so hard for them that I'm like, I think they're fine. Like in the sense that I don't know if she's like guilt about what she's accomplished or she just wants to stay grounded with them or have them be proud of her. But she's like very emotional about them in ways that you don't see them being about her. And it's like, I'm not saying it's bad or good or they don't like her, but there's a pathology there for sure. And I'd love to, this is like a codependence or something. And and so the grandmother was like, you don't have to get too modeling about this, dear. It was 40 years ago. <laughs> but it's so fresh to Lady Gaga. And it is a really sad story. Um, it's just really almost funny that the grandma's like, eh, I've seen it all. And Lady Gaga's like, are you sure you like it? But the reason I was interested in watching it is um, I love anything about, well, anyways, I love anything about people on tour, tour. Um, but this woman, I went to get, um, a little facial here. I tried a new place and the woman doing it. Great. I'll go back to her. But she was like, Oh, I watched Lady Gaga documentary. She's like, it took me like four days to get through it. I was like, really? What's, what's up with that? And she's like, it was just very confronting. And like, I, I liked her and then I didn't. And then I did, and then I didn't. But her reasons for not liking her were very different than mine. So she was like, you know, at one point, she's on an airplane in a lay-down bed. You know, it's a private plane, you know. And she's like, oh, my life is so hard. And she's like, what's hard about that? And I was like, "Mm, I already knew I was on Lady Gaga's side on that one. I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Don't tell someone touring that it's not hard. So I was like, I'll have to check it out. Now, of course, people always conflate things. And they always – people are just – People, I think, secretly hate entertainers so fucking much. <laughs> I really do. It's such a love-hate. And um, so she's like, on the plane, she is not saying, my life is so hard. She's not even talking. It's just the camera's on her, and she's like trying to fall asleep. But unless you're flying to, um, you know, Japan, the flight is never eight hours. It's like four or five. That might be all the sleep she's getting, period, that day. And she's going to do like stadium shows, physical exertion. Then there's rehearsing. So whatever you see her doing, she's already done it once that day probably. Then it's like press. Then it's this. Then you have your own emotional life. Like she'd had three breakups in her life and they happened at each next, like she sold 10 million albums. There was a breakup. Then she sold 20, another breakup. Then, um, her relationship was ending during this documentary or it had ended. And she's like about to go play the Super Bowl and gets like flowers from her ex. It's like, that's going to fuck with your head, you know? And it's like, so she's also a human on top of all that. So you can't, I mean, I don't know what people want her to do. Like because of the frenzy around famous people. It's not her fault. She cannot fly non-private or she could fly first class everywhere, but not everywhere she's going is like the right time and the lay down plane. I mean, I'm not into private jets. I feel like, you know, in this world of bad environment, like we can't just keep shoving private jets everywhere, but you know, I'm also like, "Ah, I fucking get it, you know? And so She's, um, she's on there and, uh, and is sleeping. It's like, she didn't say that was hard and it is hard. Is that, that's, yeah, if you're flying 
Would you rather be in a lay-down bed or a coach seat? A lay-down bed. But that's not what's happening here. The choice isn't between coach or a lay-down bed. The choice is your own bed or sleeping on a plane in a twin bed on a private jet for four and a half, five hours while there's perhaps turbulence or you just want to be alone. Like, And then she was just talking about like her day is go, go, go. Busy, busy, busy. I mean, look at me. I'm just some shit-ass comic who's not even famous. And you've seen my tour diaries and how hard I work and how, like imagine being world famous. So now you've got all these people coming at you all the time and like needing you and this and that. And she comes home at night and there's no one there, you know? And, and I'm not saying that's how I relate and I'm sad. Like I'm perfectly fine right now, but she's saying like, it's a mind trip to go from hustle and bustle, like everyone in your face, grabbing, screaming, ah, work, 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 work. And then you just come home and it's dead silent. It's like, it's weird, you know? And I think it fucks with her head and whatever. So it was interesting. And she wasn't complaining. She was like, this is my, she was like the least complaining I've ever seen. She was like, this is my life. Now she has some physical issues and she was like crying and her hips tighten up. And I think she'd had that hip break or hip surgery. So she's got issues. And she's like, if you want to say complaining about those, but it's more like she's crying as she's getting and um, physical therapy, you know, and she's laying on ice going, I'm so embarrassed, but she seems pretty genuine. She seems like, you know, I mean, listen, you're not going to be friends with a famous person like that. That's just not how it goes. You know, when people are always like, is Chelsea nice? I'm like, I don't know what nice means. Like if you guys want me to tell you that you're not getting fooled, that the person you see on screen is somehow the person you fell in love with, like, yeah, you're not getting fooled, but you're not going to want to hang out with her. She's a fucking famous person. She's not in any of our realities. And so you go into her world when you hang out with her and it's a lot and it's not real. You know, it's not a re she has real friends, but like this notion, I, I don't know. It's just like with any celebrity, it's like, it's not real. So if you're in the mood to go into their world where there's all these people and it's kind of fun and everything's catered and taken care of, like, yeah, like have a couple nights of your life like that. Super fun. So glad I did. But that's not your friend. Like you can't get your emotional support from that person. They don't have any to give unless, you know, maybe they're family, you know? So it's like, I don't know. I, I, I this whole notion of if someone's nice or not, is like, I, I don't even know what that means. But, um, but in my own little head, I'm like, oh, Lady Gaga seems like a, you know, she seems kind of sweet to work with. Like she wasn't like screaming at people. I get it. I know she's on camera, but, um, oh, it was very interesting. I thought it was pretty cool. And then I was like, oh my God, her voice is so beautiful. And you know, I'm team Madonna forever, but you know, Madonna is a little jealous. Cause she's like, um, your voice is really good. And you can sit down and sing acoustically on a piano. And you know, Madonna's an entertainer and she can sing, but she's not Lady Gaga's a real singer, you know? Guys, don't tell Madonna I said that. If you fucking tell Madonna I said that. <laughs> I ran into Amy Schumer in Toronto. Um, and I was like, oh my God. Do you have 10 minutes? Can you tell me everything about Madonna on stage? Did I tell you guys this already? I probably did. She didn't have much to report. I mean, she told me everything, but it's nothing like salacious. She's just like, yep. Like when Madonna calls, you you pick up the phone and you do your thing with her. And... um 
I've only met Amy a couple times. Once before, like one, it was like one minute before she was famous. She was like getting on a f- flight to shoot her pilot for her show. Um, I was like, oh, she was like, hey, and we'd never met. We were both getting our nails done in an airport in New York. She's like, yeah, I've got this pilot. I don't know. And she's like worldwide famous, like five minutes later. I was like, I haven't even boarded the plane yet. Um, but, uh, but there's still that level of fame where you're Madonna. And even though Amy is quite famous, quite successful, quite wealthy, she's not Madonna. You know what I mean? She's not 30 year icon. And so even she's like, uh, this is weird. Why is Madonna calling me? And like, you don't want to get too close in a way. Cause you don't want to ruin your own image of someone that you have looked up to as a kid. So it's like, Oh, as much as I'm like, Oh my God, I would love to hang with Madonna. It's like, would you, because what if she didn't like something you were doing? And then Madonna hates you. Whereas before Madonna doesn't even know I exist, which is probably a good place to be. Um, anyway, I will watch anything about anyone on tour and anyone backstage. And I was thinking, so this, um, my, old roommates from college, Jackie and Liz, I lived with them never together, but separate times. Um, Liz, I met day one of college. Liz, I've talked about, I got back, not that we were ever out of touch, but we became like hang out a lot friends when I was back in New York this year. Cause she had just moved to New York from Boston and I hadn't hung out with her that much since I lived in Boston in my twenties. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we probably hung out like 20 times this year. So my old friend, Jackie, same thing. I haven't hung out with Jackie since I was 23. She moved back to Cleveland where she's from. And I, every time I've been in Cleveland, like she hasn't been able to get together. And I've usually only been there like a night or two. And anyway, so Liz and I contacted Jackie. We're like, would you be up for a hang? So Liz is going to fly into Cleveland. I'm going to go to Cleveland two days early. Um, my show there is at Hilarities on, I think it's Wednesday, November 15th. So I'm flying in Monday the 13th. And it was very unusual for Jen on tour to want to like add some hangouts, but it's my, Ohio is my last leg of the tour. It's my last three nights. So, and Jackie and Liz are old dear friends. I could be like, guys, I have to go into vocal silence and then be like, okay, fine. Um, and I think not, I think the both of them don't drink. And I don't need to drink. So it's like, it's not like I'm going to be with like party girls tempting me, you know, we're going to do dorky shit, like go to the rock and roll hall of fame. So Jackie and Liz and I, I mean, it was like such good for like me and Liz were more obsessed with like Nirvana. What's Kurt Cobain and Courtney love doing. And Jackie was like, you guys are dorks. And she's more into like hardcore punk. And she was actually in a hardcore band and she was awesome. And, um, and Jackie used to work at the middle East, this place, this rock club in Boston, and as like a door person. And so she got me in to see things. I saw Jay Mascus play solo, which ended up being his album, Martin in me, which is awesome. Um, you guys would like it. You should get it. I know some younger people are like, what is she saying right now? Um, I saw Crispin Glover at the middle East when he was doing some weird performance art thing. I got to meet him. That was exciting. Anywho, who cares? So we're all friends and with Jackie and I, so I moved in with Jackie in an apartment, like my junior and senior year, I think Liz was got like a single in, in the dorms. So anyway, um, Jackie and I were obsessed with backstage, whatever. So even though she didn't love Nirvana, she would watch all my stuff like 1991, the year punk broke and this other movie called Nirvana live tonight sold out. It's just like compilations like them on tour and 1991, the year punk broke. It's like 
they're in this festival with like Dinosaur Jr. and Sonic Youth and all this stuff. And I think, oh, I forget, it's the, oh, I forget the name. I keep saying the Edinburgh Festival. That's a comedy festival. It's in the UK. It's like the, nah, it's a big festival. And what was cool about that is they don't know they're famous in that movie. They're like playing in front of tens of thousands of people at these packed shows, but it's sort of like everybody goes to those shows, if that makes sense. And so it's like, oh, I just saw the Ramones. Oh, here's Dinosaur Jr. Oh, here's Babes in Toyland. Oh, there's Sonic Youth. And then they became famous. Like they basically were getting famous and they came back and they were famous. And they were like, what? Everything sold a million copies? Oh my God. Um, So it's just really cool. Anyway, so Jackie and I used to watch it all the time. And it was just like, there was this one scene where Kurt's backstage with Kim Gordon and they're reenacting Madonna's Truth or Dare, which is where I got that idea to do it on my tour diaries. And they're reenacting the scene where Kevin Cosner's like, I think it was Kevin Cosner. He's like, I think your show is really neat. And she's like, neat. Huh? And then she makes like the like puke symbol. And I just remember Kim and Kurt doing that. And I thought it was really cute. And um, yeah, Jack and I were like, look how much fun that looks to be on tour. And like, everyone's hanging out and having fun and all this stuff. And we were just like backstage, backstage bands touring. And I didn't even know about comedians touring. I didn't even know you toured as a comedian, had no idea. I just thought like, I didn't even think of it as a tour. I thought, well, I don't know, Norm Macdonald's at the comedy club this weekend. I guess he came down from New York, but a tour, I never even thought I would ever be in a job where I was touring. And I was in a band at the time. No, I had just my, no, I was in a band in high school and then we kept going through college and I was like, let's keep going. And they were like, we were in high school. That's why we were in a band. I'm like, oh, I thought, oh, I wanted to be famous rock star. You guys didn't. Oh, weird. Okay. And then like, I went to college and you know, every dream of mine just didn't come true until I was like, I guess comedy's left. So, um, but it was what I was meant to be doing all along, of course. So anyway, blah, 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 blah. And Jackie's the one that told me to be a comedian. She used to just videotape me like ranting and stuff. So, um, she was the first person that believed in me. So was Liz. Anyway, so they're my dear, dear friends. So I was, um, thinking about that the other day, like, oh yeah, I love watching backstage tour stuff. So that's why I tape myself, except I'm not doing anything fun. Um, like those people were doing <laughs> by myself because that's how it goes. And I would actually, now that I look back, I'm like, what was I thinking was so fun about that? I fucking hate touring. Like, and I'm sure those people back then were like, well, what? A, and I just remember being like, why does Nirvana hate doing interviews so much? And then I'm like, oh God, I know why. These people asking questions are such dicks sometimes. This guy the other day was like, so I, um, you know, I think he's trying to be like insightful. He's like, but like people end up being so condescending and you're like, is it sexism or just condescension? They would do it to anyone. Or they're like, he's like, so I noticed that, um, Uh, you know, Lance Bangs like directed your special. Like he's getting into comedy now. It's like Lance used to like direct like REM videos. There's like he was in that whole whatever shit I was just talking about. All those people seen in the '90s. Like he was a, in the music world as a director, and then he does comedy stuff now. But he has a good eye. Because if anyone had a fucking brain, they would know that bands are really funny and the right director will bring out this sense of humor. And in comedy, the right director will look beyond 
stage and a microphone, they'll make it look really cool, like a music director would. So that's why I wanted him because he wasn't just had a comedy background, you know? And he's like, you know, he used to work in music. I'm like, yeah, I know what well, I'm not dumb here. I know Lance bangs like, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> and so the guy goes, uh, I noticed like the lighting design was really great. And then, you know, the colors in your outfit. I don't know if you know, he just kept saying, I don't know if you know, yeah, no, I know. I, I worked out that outfit for about a year, took a year to find it. Like, and he's like, yeah, I just didn't know. He just kept saying, I didn't know if you knew like what the lighting was going to be when you got there. I'm like, I'm the executive producer, batch. Like, I feel like I'm bragging, but it's like, if you don't say your credits, people will not give you credit. It's like women have to constantly be like, no, I did know because I'm the executive producer. And that's what it says on the special. Like every decision had to go through me. It's not just a title from like what, okay, Jen, you're hiring these actors to do a sketch at the end here. What kind of casting director do you want to hire? Okay, here are all the tapes. You have to pick them. All right, Jen, the, uh, we're hiring this lighting designer. Is that okay with you? Here's some of his work. Okay, so here's the lighting design they're thinking of. What do you want? And I'd be half like, well, I have some ideas, but they should just go for it. Then they send me the renderings and I'm like, yes, no. Like the whole thing was approved by me. Every de- So I was saying to the guy like, oh yeah, literally the entire thing was approved by me. I didn't come up with the lighting design. They did a genius job, but I told them kind of, Hey, I want this vibe. I wouldn't even know how to tell you how to do your job. Cause I have no idea how to do it, but here's the vibe. And then Lance works with them. And then they, you know, and it's like a whole project. Like they, they load in the day before and they set up everything. I mean, it's not some little thing. And he goes, well, then let me ask you this. So you put all that effort into it, but what's funny about that? And I'm like, motherfucker, dude. I said, it's not funny. There's nothing funny about the lights or my outfit or the, the way the stool is gold. I go, it's what I wanted. It's my dream came true. I got to make a special. I wanted it to look a certain way. Like why you have to undermine everything? I go, well, it's not supposed to be funny. I go, I'm the executive producer. It's supposed to, I go, it's supposed to make me comfortable. If I'm happy with how the stage looks and I'm happy in what I'm wearing and I, and I did all those details then I'm going to have a really fun time performing and I'm going to think it looks really cool. I mean, we're also trying to catch the eye of people who scroll through a million things on Netflix. Like that's not the part that's funny, but it certainly helps like in making me comfortable on stage. And that like, this is always trying to undermine. So, you know, I know I'm very paranoid this episode sounding, but I'm telling you when you talk as much as I do, I do like 10 interviews a week. I'm like, mother, fuck the same questions over and over. I'm like, does anyone even research anymore? You know, but this guy, I'm like, oh, forget you. But now I know why I see interviews with bands and they have to, like it's Lady Gaga too. Like they have to sit through so much more press than me, like five hours a day, every day. And you must just be like, fuck you all. (laughs) The same goddamn questions. And you're trying to reach the lovely people that love you and want to read about you. And you're like, why is this intermediary here? Here, give me the microphone. I'll interview myself because you suck at it. So anyway, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, um, so I was thinking about that, like how fun it will be to see the girls again in November and how I actually ended up living that exact life of going on tour, even though I didn't even know that was a thing. And it's definitely not what it looks like in those fun videos. But then again, I'm not in a band. You know, if I, I've toured with like comedians, like comedians of Chelsea lately, like those were kind of fun. But um, we were more like Rush on tour than 
then uh, the year punk broke. We were like, let's have some dinner and some glasses of wine and then do the show. You know, we're like boring people. And then, um, you know, comedy festivals, you run around with a bunch of comedians. I just hide in my room now. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, what's cool though, is to look back and go, my job somehow connected me with these people. Like I got word from someone that was like, Kim Gordon is a fan of yours. I'm like, excuse me? Kim Gordon from Sonic is a fan of mine. Me? Old Jen Kirkman that watched her on the Year Punk Broke do a funny sketch with Kurt Cobain. She like, me? 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 Her brilliant book that she wrote about her divorce. Me? She likes me? Someone's like, yeah, she thinks you're, she likes what you do in comedy and in the world. I'm like, oh my God. I was like, please tell her to contact me then. So she sent me a direct message on Instagram. It was like, hey, can I come to your show? My show in LA. She came to the fucking Jen Kirkman lab test show in January. I was like, uh, sure. And she sat in a table in the back and I came back and I'm like, oh my God, it is so nice to meet you. I'm like freaking the fuck out, but I'm trying to act cool. And she's like, oh my God, how do you do that? What's going I'm like, what do you mean? How do I do that? How do you be the coolest person that ever lived? And then she goes, she knows my ex from when he was a kid. All those people do. Um, but what I'm finding out is he has a lot of acquaintanceships, but I don't know. That's different, but it doesn't mean you have deep friendships. Anyway, so she goes, how's blank? And I go, oh, he dumped me a few weeks ago. And she goes, oh, Oh, well, I didn't know him that well anyway. Like, I immediately felt like she was like, Team Jen. And she was like, let's get coffee sometime. I'm like, totally. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was too afraid to contact her for coffee. I think I contacted her when I was out of town. That's right. I got her number. When I was out of town just to be like, um, hey, I'm out of town. But when I get back, I just wanted to say something to not be rude. I actually would love to hang out with her because I think she's a genius um, writer and I thought she's just such a lovely person. Her book is amazing. Uh, Girl in a Band. You guys would really love that book. Even if you don't dig the music of Sonic Youth, it's not about that. Um, she's got a story to tell. She's really self-aware and cool. So I, don't know, I just got scared. And then it's just funny that I look back at those videos and there's a moment in my life years ago where Dave Grohl is sitting in my office at work with a drum kit, banging them to annoy me in between takes when we're filming this thing about him playing drums in our office and just sitting on my couch going, Jen, what was your prom like? And I'm like, excuse me, what did my life turn out to be? How is this? I was watching you guys on the year punk broke. Why are you in my office asking me on my, what, what I did on my prom? It's so surreal. And it doesn't mean that I've achieved any level of success. It was just a coincidence if that makes sense. Like Event, and, and then you realize the world is small. It doesn't mean you did anything extraordinary to get these people in your world. These are like kind of a punk rock mentality people. They mix it up with the real people and they like comedy, you know, because they were both in groups that had really good senses of humor. And it's like they it's not that weird that eventually you run into these people in, in your life. And that's what weirds me out is I don't know. There would have been no way to explain to me in in 1993, when I'm sitting watching these movies, there would have been no way to explain to me, you're going to have this thing and they're going to be cool and they're going to know your work too. I'd be like, what? I'm not saying, oh, they're my best friends and I'm cool. I don't, that's not what I mean at all. I just mean like to have these little moments is so special. And I just go, 
God, I feel like I know you because I watched your backstage stuff. So that's my whole point. I'll watch anything about people backstage. And I hope I'm providing that service with my tour diary series on Instagram. It got to the point where I'm like, I think I want to film a tour documentary. And I think what would be funny about it. I mean, I know Todd Barry already did one where he did his crowd work special, but mine wouldn't be so much about on stage. It would just be, you know, we'd film, of course, film shows in case something cool happened. But I think it would just be about offstage stuff. Um, which I think would be really funny if I had a bunch of boring scenes, <laughs> like just me getting room service. Like, yeah, this is it. Um, I don't know. I talk, I've talked too long and I have to record another episode tonight too. <gasps> She's doing two in a row. That's not authentic. Until next week, have fun. <laughs>